You've been charged with a crime. You've gone to your arraignment, that's the first date in court, and now you're at a pre-trial conference stage. What happens after the pre-trial conference and how can you prepare? Hi, I'm attorney Paul Whalen from Afford Law. At Afford Law, we practice criminal and family law throughout Massachusetts. Our fees are all based on your income, so the less you make, the less you have to pay. Today, I want to talk about one of the options uh, following a pretrial conference. So we've talked a little bit about pretrial conferences, how important they are, uh, and what they're all about. Uh, one of the major um, events that takes place at the pretrial conference is discovery exchanges. So discovery is just information that goes back and forth between the parties. Um, oftentimes, we want more discovery than the Commonwealth has provided to us. We may be asking for additional discovery based on some of the discovery that we've already gotten. So let's say they've supplied the police report, as they have to do under Rule 14. Um, and we, while reading the report, there's a mention of, uh, say, a video surveillance that was viewed by an officer, let's say. Um, obviously, we want to take a look at that video surveillance to see what it says, see what it shows, and to see if that can be helpful to us. If that's within the Commonwealth's um, control, that means if the police took a copy of it, uh, they need to provide that to us. Sometimes um, they'll be hesitant to, to produce it. Sometimes just they don't want to go through the bother of getting the information that we're looking for. Oftentimes they'll say that um, the information that we're looking for is not important to the case uh, and is not exculpatory, which means um, anything exculpatory just means that's information that would tend to prove that you are not guilty of the crime that you're charged with, which is extremely important to us, obviously. We want to have all the exculpatory material we can. So what happens is um, we're, we look for additional discovery. One of the events that could take place after a pretrial conference is what's called a uh, DCE, or Discovery Compliance and Election Date. Uh, you'll also hear, hear it called a CNE date, compliance and election. That has two uh, components to it, compliance and election. So the compliance portion of things is, like I said, we're looking for additional discovery from the Commonwealth. So we say to the judge, judge, we need this, and we want you to order the Commonwealth to produce that to us. The judge will tell the Commonwealth they have to produce it by a certain date, and we would come back to court for that compliance and election date. So the compliance means the judge wants to see that the Commonwealth is complying with what the, the court says that need, they need to give us. So that's what the compliance part is. We also have um, discovery responsibilities uh, to pr provide to the Commonwealth as well, if there are any. Many, many cases, uh, there aren't any pieces of discovery that we need to give them, that we have to give them. Mostly they have the information that we need to see. Uh, uh, it's less of a two-way street, if you will. So um, a compliance and election date, that, uh, as I say, there are two components, compliance and election is the second part. So once the, the compliance portion is uh, addressed, ultimately we need to elect what we want to do with your case. We, do we want to elect to uh, plea out the case or are we electing to take it to trial? That could be a bench trial or a jury trial. That's the election part. Oftentimes, we'll need a few 
compliance on election dates to get the information that we need, uh, or at least to, to see if it's if it's even in existence. So um, we there could be a compliance on election date for an in-court date, or it could be an out-of-court compliance date. So that just means that, let's say we have another uh, date that's scheduled for, I don't know, let's say a motion hearing. The, the court can also say, I want to have a an out-of-court compliance date two weeks prior to that date. So that means instead of going in front of the judge and having us exchange the information there, the Commonwealth gets that to us, to our office, uh, you know, uh, without the assistance of the judge. So we go and pick it up, they send it to us in the mail or whatever it might be. So that's what, a, a, what a, that's what the compliance part is. Now, if the judge orders them to provide certain information to us uh, and it, they ultimately do not turn that over, we would make motions to either eliminate uh, the uh, possibility of the Commonwealth using that information at the time of trial, or perhaps, uh, depending on what it is that we're looking for, we can ask for the case to be dismissed because of their non-compliance with the court or court's order to give us the information that we need to defend you in your case. So the compliance and election, uh, it's, a, it's another step on the road, another uh, stop on the train, uh, in the criminal justice system. Uh, also extremely important as all um, steps in the criminal justice process are. So that's what a compliance and election date is. You'll probably have one uh, at least uh, during the course of your criminal trial in Massachusetts. So that, that gives you a little bit of understanding of what that's all about. As I say, at Afford Law, we do practice criminal law and family law in Massachusetts. And we base our fees on a sliding scale, which is all based on your income. So that means the less you make, the less you pay. We're trying to make ourselves as affordable as possible to the hardworking men and women of Massachusetts. Feel free to visit our website at affordlaw.org and uh, book a free virtual appointment with me. I'd be happy to answer any questions you might have about family law or criminal law in Massachusetts. Because at Afford Law, we're making justice affordable. Thank you.